0: Of course, for all my listeners in the Georgia area, you can come out to Booch Fest at the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia 30144. The next two shows will be Thursday, December 8th and Thursday, December 22nd. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the booch is taking over Kennesaw. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our NFL Weekend Review, and I think I'm going to keep that as the title. Um, I may change my mind. I don't know. It, it, happens on a, it happens on a weekly, but one thing that doesn't change is the man that joins us for the NFL Weekend Review. It's always an honor and a pleasure to have him on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back the one, the only, the NFL exporter himself, Mr. Lance Goodman. Lance, welcome back to the show.
1: Thank you so much, Vinny. Thank you for having me having me and happy holidays. We are uh counting things down to the uh, new year here. How uh how are you feeling? How's everything going? Couple days till Christmas. How's things looking for you? Uh
0: things are looking great, man. Um it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting Christmas. Uh my brother it's going to be just me and my brother uh this year. Um cuz um my mom right now is visiting my dad in Chicago. Um you know, he's going through a second surgery right now, but uh everything's supposed to be um okay. It's like it's not like it's something uh it's not too scary, but my mom just wants to to be up there just in case so my brother and I are uh, making plans uh for the weekend uh you got you guys you got any plans for the uh for for Christmas weekend
1: yeah just relaxing with the family i mean that's pretty much what it has uh kind of turned into you know obviously the kids you know the younger ones uh they're a little bit more prevalent but as far as you know uh myself g'd up now you know me my aunts my uncles basically all the you know all the, all the parents you know it's just a nice time of year to be able to have some extra days off catch up on some rest uh just really enjoy time you know spending time with the family you know seeing the kids happy about the stuff they got and you know uh me and you are in similar shoes Vinny. you know we're both businessmen so you know also uh spending some time you know making plans and preparations for uh some new goals some new things for the upcoming year so yes it's it's, it's a good time definitely uh trying to balance things out but overall uh definitely definitely a good time just really uh being a sports fan you couldn't ask for anything better I mean this week coming up Vinny uh we've got with Christmas being on Sunday actually the NFL games are on Saturday uh there's a triple header on uh Thanksgiving NFL I'm sorry Thanksgiving there's a triple header coming off for Christmas (laughs) on Sunday and if you're a sports fan in general um you've got a, a, a five nba games coming on sunday there's college football bowl games kicking off so yeah just just really a a, a great time of year and just blessing and thankful you know just want to thank god you know for uh you know blessing me blessing you with the opportunity blessing our families you know things could always be much worse
0: absolutely and it is definitely you know um a lot you know christmas is definitely a lot you know has a different perspective for kids and adults like you mentioned before like you know the kids are they're excited to be opening presents and all that stuff and and, you know adults get presents too but the kids get the cooler stuff i don't know why they just do uh but also it is kind of cool like this, it's like the sports stuff's kind of like a reward for the adults it's like look the kids are going to be opening presents they're going to be doing all the fun stuff they're going to want the you know they're going to want the rudolph and the santa claus is coming to town stuff which i'm gonna watch i'm not gonna lie you know i don't th- i don't know anybody who doesn't watch that on christmas but at least you got the sports stuff too to kind of balance it out and make it entertaining so it's definitely going to be something interesting to see um i like th- and i like that it's like it's like they Literally throwing, like, all the sports into one Christmas day. It's like, you know what? We've had a crazy couple years. Y'all earned it. I think they're trying to make up for, like, you know, two years of where we didn't really have a lot of sports to watch. Now it's like they want to cram it all into one day. So it's like it sounds like a Merry Christmas to me.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, man. So let's get into this football stuff. We've got uh, three weeks left. Uh, man, it, it's a very exciting time uh, for a lot of teams, other teams not so much so. Uh, week 15 was real interesting. Vinny uh, got started on Thursday night, 49ers and Seahawks, and uh, two teams going in two opposite directions. You look at the 49ers right now, and despite being one of the most injury-plagued teams in the NFL over the last couple seasons, I mean, if you look at San Francisco, the over the last four years, the two years and their team was majority completely healthy. Yeah. They've been to the NFC Championship game. One of those years they made the Super Bowl. The two years where their injuries were too much to overcome, they didn't. And you look at a year like this, and you would think after losing starting quarterback Trey Lance the second week of the season, uh, you would think after losing backup quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who was the starter a year ago, that this San Francisco 49ers team would be dead in the water. But Mr. Irrelevant, uh, the last pick in this year's draft in the seventh round, rookie quarterback Brock from the University of Iowa State has really ended up being a lifesaver literally for this 49ers team. It has been his calm, cool, collective play. Uh, it is a very short sample size, so it's in people's best interest not to get too carried away. But in a three-game sample size, I mean, he's looked like the best 49ers quarterback on the roster. And he was the guy uh, who's a rookie and taken last. So, you know, for most teams, if you lose your top two quarterbacks, your team is dead in the water. But the 49ers are thriving right now with their win on th- Thursday night they locked up the NFC West division so they are in the playoffs and you know one of the hottest teams in the NFL led by the most dominant defense. When you look at the Seahawks they're a team that's really treading water now after getting off to a seven and four start they've dropped three in a row um, and they a team right now that still is very much in the playoff hunt in the NFC uh, but they're going to have to start stringing together some wins and they're going to have to start doing it now as that NFC Wild Card race starts to tighten up and then on Saturday Vinny uh, we had a triple header uh i'll get this to you this was uh one of those weekends where we've seen some historic things happening and depending on uh who's (laughs) what who you were rooting for or what side of the fence you were on you were pleased with the outcome or not so please tell me Vinny, you seen the indianapolis colts get a 33 to nothing on the minnesota vikings (laughs) at halftime and squander that game away to lose 39-36 to 36 in overtime.
0: Oh, I saw that. Uh, it gave me flashbacks to the Falcons-Patriots game for a second, and I was watching this, like, I was watching blocked punts, recovered fumbles. There was one thing, though, that kind of bugged me, and, and I want to get your take on this. Like, I, I, As I've mentioned before many times, I, I'm sure I've mentioned it on this show before. If I didn't, if I haven't, it's definitely when we were in the the old days of Blog Talk Radio, I mentioned it then. I have no problem with NFL football players celebrating. I am, I am not I am not against that. I actually encourage it in the pros. I don't like it so much in college or high school. I feel like the celebration thing should strictly be for the for pro football. I get it. I love it completely. But the, the team is behind. Now, granted, they did come back and win the game. But at one point, I'm seeing K.J. Osborne get a first down. Not a touchdown, a f- just a first down. And he's already flexing in front of the camera like most people do when they score or do really well. They do little poses for the camera because they're trying to get on sports there. And I'm like, why are you bragging? You're losing 36 to seven. Like if you're losing 36 to seven, I don't think you should be allowed to brag. That's just my opinion. Like get some points on the board. Like if you're ahead, brag by all means. But if you're down, I'm like, dude, you should not be celebrating. You're losing horribly. I don't know. I I don't know. Am I, am I wrong for thinking that?
1: You know what? It may, it may have been a case to where maybe he was just trying to get any type of positive momentum uh, going. It's so funny that you say that because even though it's a different sport, it was a huge topic yesterday. In the basketball world, where uh, a player on a team, uh, his team was getting blown out by 26 points, and he makes a layup on a on a on a guy, and he does a you know does a, a pose like you know basically saying that the guy's too small. Yeah. So it's funny that you bring that up, you know, about people celebrating when they're so far behind. I think for KJ Osborne, things worked out for him in the end. Yeah. Uh, with the with the Vikings <laughs> winning the game, but I think if they would have lost, he would have looked foolish. And I think at that point, Vinny again, I, I don't. I think he was? Uh, I don't even know if he think that they thought they had a chance of winning. He probably was just trying to get any type of positive energy, any type of good vibrations going in the building. Because at that point, they were they were down and out.
0: Okay, I can see that. the the key, if, if it's keeping his spirits up, I get that completely. Okay, I can. I just I'm sitting there. I just I just that was the first thing that popped into my head. I'm like, dude, if I'm, I'm losing thirty six to seven, yeah. I I ain't bragging yet. I just thought that was weird. But other than that, I loved it, and it was just like just the touchdowns, the interceptions, the field goal and overtime. I was like, this is the craziest game I've ever I've seen in a long time. Like, the fact that you could just have that commanding lead and just screw it up has always been fascinating to me. Like, those those are the—I think those are the games you remember.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was the first time ever, and I'm pretty sure myself, I mean, I'll be honest, I don't think the Vikings even thought they had the chance. I think that, you know, once they got to the fourth quarter and the game was within a couple of touchdowns, and that's what I mean, momentum just kept building, but um, look, as much credit— as you give to Minnesota, because I do think there are a lot of teams that would have not been able to put up a fight or come back from that. So I, I really give them a ton of respect. I mean, I think that is the message that any coach should have for their football team if you're losing that halftime. Look, this is the tale of two halves. Um, it's just as much as they scored as many points as they did in the first half. We can come out and do the same but a lead like that is unacceptable for the indianapolis colts i've decided to boycott watching them uh for the rest of my life uh unless they are playing in a playoff game or playing the 49ers which are my team i'm done with the colts i mean it is, it's inexcusable there's no way that you can be up 33 to nothing at halftime and come out and squander that lead and it is a huge indictment on the indianapolis Colts offense which has been one of the worst in the nfl this year uh running back jonathan taylor and i think that probably is what really helped that go over the top uh, running back Jonathan Taylor who led the NFL in rushing yards and touchdowns last year uh, has underwhelmed by far this year has not even reached the thousand yard barrier in terms of fantasy football he's been in one of the biggest busts this year but he suffered an ankle injury in that game and I'm a firm believer that if he were able to stay healthy he's the type of game breaker he's the type of talented player that likely could have picked up a couple of first downs on his own to help run out the clock but this was just a huge and colossal failure it's the first time in NFL history that a team has come back from that fire down and just to give you an example the Dallas Cowboys went out to Minnesota a couple weeks ago and they smoked Minnesota 40 to 3 the difference between the Indianapolis Colts offense and the Dallas Cowboys offense is Dallas has enough talent to put that game away Indianapolis doesn't and many people now are wondering was that the final nail in the coffin for interim head coach Jeff Saturday if you recall there was a lot of noise made about him getting that position in in the first place as he was a broadcaster or an analyst uh, on ESPN and then in the blink of an eye this guy's as the new head coach of the Colts and I think when you drop a game of that magnitude it'd be hard for me to believe that that's something that the organization feels that he can come back from on the other hand this has been the Vikings all year uh, all year long they have won one possession games they find a way to win and we talked about it the last couple of weeks I just think it's something Benny that um, I think this now can build confidence I was worried that all these close games could be a Detriment for them, and I still feel that way. I still feel that like Dallas went out there. I mean, this is the this is the second time. I mean, let's face it. Dallas went out there, smoked them forty to three. The Colts had them thirty three to nothing, and this is on Minnesota's home field. So I think they're a team that home field advantage does not necessarily bowl well for them. But I do think that being in all these close games and a comeback of that epic proportion will at least have them now in the mindset that you know what, no matter how far we get down in the football game, we know we have the ability to come back when we move on to that Cleveland versus Ravens game on Saturday I think we all knew what that was we see the Ravens now just kind of kind of just falling by the wayside I mean there is a ton of talent on this team but uh, quarterback Lamar Jackson missed his second straight game with the knee injury the weather on the north and east coast is definitely starting to factor in and so this was a AFC north battle Yeah, had two backup quarterbacks let's face it Deshaun Watson even though he's one of the best in the business uh, this was his maybe third or fourth game back after not being on the football field for. Two years. So he's still shaking off a lot of rust. Uh, just not an exciting game. Uh, Cleveland able to win 13 and three and keep their modest playoff hopes alive in terms of record wise. Right now, Baltimore at nine and five, they have a playoff spot, but their team is trending in the wrong direction. This is the time of year you want to start playing your best football. And with Lamar Jackson out with that knee injury, it's just further complicating matters, uh, making it more difficult for him in a suspect passing game to find some necessary rhythm. I think the one positive for Baltimore running back J.K. Dobbins had 125 yards on the ground his second game back after knee surgery and then the buffalo bills that was an exciting game on sunday night football the bills beat the dolphins 32 to 29 um you know you just seen josh allen the buffalo bills make the game winning plays and that's certainly what he's known for he's a guy who steps his level of play up uh once the last month of the season comes and the bills were able to lock up a playoff spot uh with that win uh they're one win away now from locking up the division and um you know when you win. I look at the Bills, Vinny, um, they're a team that I like a lot, but I do have concerns. And my concerns are, again, can they get some positive yards from their running backs? I just feel like Josh Allen, and I know when you pay a quarterback that much money, I certainly don't have a a problem or an issue. You want your quarterback to be a guy that says, hey, put the team on my shoulders. I could do it all. But I'm I'm concerned that these other guys are not involved enough to where when they get in a tight and close game in the playoffs, I don't know if these guys are going to come through. We know Josh Allen can do his thing, 304 yards, led the team in rushing yards, four total touchdowns. So we get that he's Mr. Do-It-All, but I just have some concerns about, are they going to be able to get a running game going with their actual running backs? And Josh Allen is really a double-edged sword because you love the magnificent plays he can make with with his feet. He had a, really the the, the play of the game right before halftime with no time left on the clock. He scrambles to his. Right, he throws back across his body into the end zone, and it ends up being a touchdown and really the the space that Buffalo needed to win this game when it ended 32 to 29. But we've also seen Josh Allen make that plays a couple times this year, Vinny, and it was an interception. And so he's a guy that you really have to live with his greatness that oftentimes can result in disaster. And so as much as I like the Bills, Vinny, you know, not having Von Miller there um in the postseason, and some of these other guys just need to step up. I'll just leave it at that it's in the year i need to see somebody else besides josh allen and stefan Diggs step up and really start contributing that's for miami i think the positive takeaway from them is um they're likely not going to have a home playoff game and if they do have to go out to uh, a Kansas City, a Tennessee, a Baltimore, a Cincinnati, right? One of these teams where the weather is not going to be as generous as it is down in South Beach. They're probably the only playoff team that's going to make it in in the AFC that has sunny weather this time of year. I think for them, it was just good to see them be able to play a competitive game and not let the snow and cold weather affect them. Did you get a chance to see any of that Buffalo and uh, uh, Buffalo and Miami game? I know you mentioned last week, Josh Allen. The quarterback of the Buffalo Bills is one of your favorite guy, uh, players in the league right now.
0: Oh yeah, and one of the, th- the f- one of the one of the key things I wrote about that game was Allen being great as always, like just amazing seeing him do it all. Like as you mentioned before, like at one point, you know, like like I remember w- like despite like I remember at one point the ball was being fumbled and kicked around, and everybody's trying to grab it, and then all of a sudden, like Allen's like he br- like he breaks the plane, he scores this touchdown, but apparently the ball drops, and everybody's kicking it around, running around grabbing it and the ref's like um he already scored i don't know what y'all are doing i thought that was just that was comical for me like just everybody obsessed with trying to pick up this ball because they think it's loose but they're like he broke the tip because that's something i think we talked about last week where it's as long as the ball crosses the end zone it it doesn't matter what happens after that whether you pull it back in or if the ball falls out or whatever once you once you once you get that ball across the end zone it's touchdown it's you win Uh, which i now now that i now that i know that and i've learned that it makes you know things like this more interesting because if we hadn't talked about that last week, my whole thought would have been, "Oh my God, he screwed that up!" I literally would have thought he botched that, and then someone would, and then you or somebody would have tell me later, "No, no, no, he still scored. That that works." So again, like this, I am just in awe of how he plays. And you know, granted, I mean, granted, like the I, I, I know the Bills, my number one favorite team. No, my my number one favorite team has a terrible quarterback right now, <laughs> so it's nice to see a good one. In fact, I'll just I'll just skip one real quick over to this. Like, when I saw the Cardinals and the Broncos, my first thought was, at by the end of that game, if there's any way we could keep, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right, uh, Rippian, Ripien, if we can keep him and get rid of Wilson, I'd be happy. <laughs> <laughs> because I can't take it anymore
1: yeah that Arizona Denver game I mean both of those teams are done for the year uh you had two backup quarterbacks I mean Arizona got down to their third string quarterback in that game so uh that was a game that Denver was expected to win I think when you looked at the way the Broncos defense has played this year and and, and they, they have been a top 10 defensive unit all year long unfortunately the Broncos offense only averaging about 15 points a game has really been the issue but no I think things played out exactly how you thought Arizona defense has been uh, amongst the bottom uh, tier of the NFL. And, you know, you lose your starting quarterback in Kyler Murray and then your second string quarterback goes down. So, you know, they got down to a third string quarterback and uh, the Broncos defense played well enough. Uh, the kid ripping like you said I think it's an anomaly you know um, but I'm sure how you felt is how a lot of Broncos fans felt as well which was hey look we'll take the win and for it to be a backup it certainly looked better than Russell Wilson for a week but um, yeah that was a good win for the Broncos I think a couple of these teams now who are out of the playoff hunt all probably have one last kind of home stand victory left give the fans something to feel good about that type thing but neither one of those teams are uh, relevant right now when you look at the chargers and titans uh those are two teams kind of heading in the opposite direction as well when you look at the titans they have lost four straight games now and they have found themselves in a bind which is you rewind four weeks ago and they were almost a shoe in to win their division afc south when you look at the division now the way that the jacksonville jaguars have turned things around and we'll talk about their exciting comeback in a minute they're one game behind and now the titans are in a situation where they have to win out in order to win this division They have a big game against Jacksonville, the last game of the season. It could ultimately be for the division. And we just talked about this with Tennessee. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse. When I look at Tennessee, they're a mere reflection of the Baltimore Ravens. We've seen this act before. They need everything to work perfect in order for them to win. And they just struggle to score more than 24 points. just plain and simple. I mean, for Tennessee, it's all about Derrick Henry in the running game. Outside of that, there's nothing going on in the air. They have a tough defense they kept this game close uh their kicker missed a key kick they could have pushed this game to overtime earlier in the game but it just was really uh Justin Herbert making the game winning plays this was a nip and tuck game I knew it was going to be that way because the Titans defense is very physical they forged Justin Herbert into two interceptions but Herbert and that offense were able to push down at the end of the field and like I said the NFL is a game of a game of inches comes down to a couple key plays and instead of that field goal k- sending the game to overtime because the Titans kicker missed one earlier in the game the Chargers were able to pick up a much needed victory at home because now they're eight and six and kind of in their control of their own destiny when it comes to the wild card hunt as well. Uh, Another couple teams that are definitely heading in the opposite direction when you talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When you looked at the start of that game, you know, Tampa Bay got out to a 17-3 lead at halftime. You figured that they had full control of that game, and then the Bengals in the second half. And here's another game, Benny, where we're talking about the tale of two halves, the tale of, hey, the first half of the game went like this, and the period it was going to go this way and then the second half the tables turned and it, a lot of people aren't talking about it but the Bengals run was just as impressive they were down 17 to 3 at the half the second half they outscored tampa bay 31 to 6 and it was all based on four turnovers by tom brady had a couple interceptions had a fumble and also just completely lost control of the football as he went to hand it to his running back and those four turnovers the Bengals turned into points and joe burrow cincinnati's offense did what it needed to do although the yards weren't there for uh for Burrow. He was way more efficient with four touchdown passes. I think the thing you're most impressive about, and if you follow me on nflexporter.com, if you listen to the Pure NFL podcast, if you heard my preseason takes about the Bengals, I said I did not have concerns about their offense. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Tyler uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Probably the most talented, or at least amongst the most talented and offensive-skilled players on any NFL team you can find. I said if the Bengals' defense can play the way that it did last year in the playoffs, which was bend but don't break, and they forced at least two turnovers in every single playoff game, including a Super Bowl. I said, if that defense, which had been an inconsistent and unproven commodity, if that defense was going to come back and play at that level this year, Cincinnati was going to be in the running again, and here they are at 10 and four. The Buccaneers, on the other hand, I mean, man, it, it, it just, you, you, you're trying to see how can this thing get any worse, and they continue to find ways, again, the only reason that they are uh, on top of their division at six and eight is because they're in a bad division with the foul. The, Falcons, the Panthers and the Saints, but man, I mean the Buccaneers right now. Maybe playing the Cardinals this week can help do them some justice. uh You look at the Chiefs and the Texans. Very interesting game here. I think everybody, myself included, thought that the Chiefs would win this game handily, but turnovers uh are something again that kind of marred and slowed this down. And I think this was a case, Vinny, how we talked about. The Texans are 112 and one. They haven't won a home game all season. And while a team like that, you would think would be dead and out and down in the dumps and not have anything to play for, you know a lot of these guys are playing for their livelihood. You know, when you're on a bad team, there's no guarantee that you're coming back that next year Uh, the Texans changed their head coach in the offseason and so a lot of these guys are playing to try to make sure that they're going to be back on the team next year or they're auditioning so when their agent goes to try to get them on another team in the offseason and so the matchup was lopsided on paper but I think the Texans at home uh, just really are played their hearts out Um, I think a lot of times teams do play down to their level of competition you know it may be difficult to understand and say that but you know Vinny let's just face it right if you went outside right now and one of your opponents you know you're a wrestling guy one of your opponents was a 300 pound guy your other opponent weighed 10 pounds I mean you know just your mindset the way that you're approaching that, (laughs) is totally different so I think that happened but nonetheless Patrick Mahomes the Chiefs they do what they do they find ways to win they have a playoff spot locked up and they also have their division locked up as well the Steelers and Panthers not a lot to tout about there the Steelers hanging on to their uh, minimal playoff lives the Panthers blew an opportunity. If they could have won that football game, they would be in first place for the NFC South right now ahead of Tampa Bay because they beat Tampa Bay head to head. So that was really a blown opportunity for the Panthers at home. They could realistically be in first place this morning uh, as we're having this conversation if they had not lost that game. And so there's still one game behind uh, the Buccaneers at five and nine. Um, again, there, there really wasn't a lot going on in that game. That was a game that just kind of needed to be played. And both teams are really trying hard to get in the playoffs. The Panthers, have a more realistic shot right now being one game behind in the division behind the uh, tampa bay buccaneers and then the other two teams in that division who also blew opportunities the saints and the falcons both of those teams are now five and nine so that that nfc south is going to be interesting the falcons actually play the buccaneers the last game of the season here in, in atlanta you're just wondering with tampa bay at six and eight and then the falcons the saints and the panthers at five and nine i mean this division could come down to the last week of the season i think you look at the saints just happy to get a win i think they had lost like four in a row. You know, like I know, Vinny, the Saints and Falcons is one of the most feared and in, 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 in long-running, bad-blood uh, history <laughs> rival rivalries going in the NFL. You know, tons of Atlanta fans always go down to New Orleans for the game and vice versa. So this was a great game for the fans to see that rivalry continue. And I know those Saints fans were happy to pull out another close victory. As for the Falcons, we got a chance to see, at least for the foreseeable future, what appears to be, maybe their new quarterback and rookie Desmond Ritter He had a first quarterback type struggles. I think the bright spot for Atlanta was rookie running back Tyson Algier, who had 139 rushing yards and one touchdown. Uh, You look at the Eagles and Bears, same thing. I think that uh, when you looked at their records, the Bears came into that game uh, uh, three and 10. Philly came in 12 and one, an obvious disparity. Uh, But I think that turnovers, they play a key part in these games. And quarterback Jalen Hurts, who's pretty much been flawless this year, had a couple interceptions, that kept the Bears in it. Another team playing at home, just trying to play for pride. Uh, you know, for these losing teams that they can knock off a top opponent. Uh, that does them a lot of justice. So the Eagles were able to pull it out, just being the better team, 25 to 20. Uh, the big news coming out of this game, Vinny, is quarterback Jalen Hurts, who is the leading MVP candidate right now, has a shoulder sprain. Uh, the x-rays were negative, but they played the Cowboys in a big NFC East showdown this week. And his uh, status for that game is questionable. I think Philadelphia, now, knowing they only need one more win to lock up the number one seed in the conference, they have a decision to make. You know, should they just try to beat Dallas without Hurts? They still have a very talented team, make sure he's good to go for the playoffs, or do they play him this week if he feels he can push through the injury? So, that's going to be really interesting, but the Eagles now, one victory away from locking up the entire NFC being the number one seed in all games coming through Philadelphia um, until that is until they, they lose. Jaguars and Cowboys, That was one that, uh, man, I tell you, Dallas got up in that game 27 to 10. I thought that game was over. And uh, the Jaguars quickly reminded me that when you're playing against the Dallas Cowboys, the game is never over. I mean, the Cowboys, the Falcons, some of these teams make for some of the greatest entertainment. The Jaguars able to win that game in overtime, 40 to 34. Um, Man, there were so many storylines to come out of that game. I don't want to go super knee deep into it. I think the biggest storyline to come out of that game is really the immersion of second year quarterback Trevor Lawrence uh if you look at last year he came in as a rookie they had the wrong coaching staff I don't know if you recall they brought in a rookie coach last year in Urban Meyer who was a college coach um he just was not prepared for the job uh he was someone who was irresponsible just not the leader of men I think that's the big transition a lot of these coaches college coaches have to make you go from coaching kids and young men to grown men and you have to have a certain level of of respect from these guys to establish it ever got it and trevor lawrence suffered because of that he did not live up to expectations last year as a rookie quarterback a lot of people myself included questioned should he even be the number one quarterback. You fast forward a year later, if you don't think coaching matters. Uh, the Jaguars went out and got Doug Peterson, former coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, a guy who is known to help quarterbacks reach their maximum potential. And when you look at the way that Trevor Lawrence has looked over the last month of the season, 14 TD passes, only one interception. Uh, just torched that Cowboys defense. And once he got rolling, uh, man, his pen, his at, his accuracy really stood out. His athleticism. Now you look at him; he's six. 235 pounds. So if you're in Jacksonville right now, you have to be extremely excited about the way that the future of your franchise looks with this young man at quarterback. As for the Cowboys... Man, you're a Cowboys fan. I think all you're doing is shaking your head and saying, man, we've seen this too many times. You know, Dallas has by far one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, but they are their own worst enemy. There is no doubt about that at all. They are a team that finds ways to lose. And until they can change that narrative, I think that is uh, how everybody is going to continue to view the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, A good game on Sunday night football, Vinny, it was the Giants and the Commanders. Giants able to come out of there with the win 20 to 12. Uh, kind of put a stronger hold on their spot uh, to get in the playoffs. They're now 8-5-1. and one. That dropped the Commanders to 7-6-1. and one. Uh, The big news that really came out of that game was the end of the game, Vinny, where you had a, a player basically check with a referee to make sure that he was properly lined up on the line of scrimmage. Um, it appeared that the referee told him he was where he needed to be and then immediately threw a flag on him that wiped out a touchdown. And then the next play, there was an obvious and blatant pass interference call in the end zone against the Giants that was not called and it would have given the commanders first and go on the one yard line and given them an opportunity to push that game to overtime and so there was a lot of talk that came out of that football game on Monday night football it was the Packers beating the Rams uh nothing unexpected there the Rams are on the verge of becoming the worst team in NFL history record wise after winning a Super Bowl injuries have completely decimated them as for the Packers feel good when at home over a losing team as well they needed their slim playoff hopes are a lie. I'm going to send this to you, Vinny, before I chime in. After we thought we would seen it all in that Vikings comeback against the Colts, the Raiders and Patriots. And I mean, you want to talk about one of the craziest endings to a football game ever. <laughs> that had to be it. Raiders <laughs> won it 30 to 24 on a walk-off, <laughs> botched uh, man, I don't even know what to what, what to call it. Did you see that play, Vinny, That that the when you the, when we thought we'd seen it all with the Minnesota game, this this really topped the cake for the weekend.
0: The yes, the, the them ch- for some reason they tried to lateral the ball and Chandler just catches it and runs for the touchdown. I saw that. I had to rewind it. Like I went back, I went back. It's on on YouTube. I rewind it because I'm like, tell me, I didn't just see that. But my favorite part was, I'm not gonna lie, it was a stupid move by the Patriots. But it's one of the most entertaining things I've ever seen. And what made me laugh the hardest was not even the laterals. It was like the Raiders are celebrating and everybody's like, you know, and then they do that thing after the end of every game when players and coaches and people, when they're walking either like onto the field for whatever reason to shake hands or talk or whatever. The look on Belichick's face is priceless because all I'm thinking is when he gets to the locker room, this ain't going to be pretty. Guys. Here's the thing: the fact that the Patriots played the Raiders was not only a great game to watch, but it was a hard game for me to watch, and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, one of the things I, I was wa- I've been watching recently, because um, one of the things on the YouTube channel is we do these uh, I do these dark side reviews, like dark side of the ring, dark side of the '90s, and I was actually thinking about doing this, like some. I, I thought this was a cool project, and we can talk about this later off the air that we could do in the off season, uh, when the you know, after the NFL season's done, Super Bowl and all that. They have a show called Dark Side of Football where they show they it was like six episodes long um it came out a while ago but I never really looked at it but then when you and I started working together again that was something in the back of my mind where I was like that's something I might want to try so I was watching a couple episodes and one episode is called the dark art of Bill Belichick talking about his history and everything going on with the Patriots and there's one called Once a Raider Always a Raider that talks about the history of the Oakland Raiders that are now in Vegas so to watch both of those documentaries and know more about the history of those two teams than I've ever known in my life and then see them play on Sunday was weird for me because all I'm thinking is the stuff I know about their history and not even about what's happened the last few weeks so to see that was just weird they happened to put both those teams together at the same time the same week I had just watched both of those episodes and then to see this lateral of the ball and Chandler with the interception and Stevenson with the 43 yard run for the touchdown, just everything. And then to see that ridiculous ending and then the look on Bill Belichick's face, I'm just like I don't want to be a New England Patriot right now because they, they told stories about how, pa- how Bill Belichick is one of the few guys that would like, he'll dress down Tom Brady for a mistake and everybody puts Brady on a pedestal. I can only imagine what he's about to do to those, th- to those guys that were tossing the ball around like it was a scene in the longest yard
1: yeah it it was crazy man I mean this was a game and you know I, I thought about this after the game coming into the game all the talk was about Bill Belichick and you know his defense and his familiarity with Josh McDaniels who is the uh Raiders new head coach this year and have been the offensive coordinator for New England for like the past you know whatever 15 12 years whatever the case may be and it never dawned on me that you know what Josh McDaniels probably has as much familiarity with Bill Belichick's defense as well and I think that ultimately is what allowed for the Raiders to um stay in this game and attack Bill Belichick's defense I mean Derek Carr had 231 yards 3 TDs uh Josh Jacobs almost had 100 yards on the ground uh but back to this play uh this This was a complete failure, blunder, uh, meltdown, brain fire I mean, <laughs> the, the words we could use for this, and the fact is this, okay, so, if the game were not tied, so basically if the, if, if the Patriots were losing, then that type of effort would have been warranted and you understood. But this was a tie game. So, that lateral and beginning to do laterals was silly from the very beginning because there was no time left on the clock. The game was going to overtime. It was impossible that you were going to score a touchdown in that scenario so this was really something that for me it begins with coaching and you've been hearing mixed results right i'm pretty sure the the the, the, uh coaches don't want to throw the players under the bus too much i mean like you said this is bill belichick this is the patriots everything stays in house you rarely find out the truth with bill belichick so um but to me it starts with the coaching I, i don't care how you put it okay this this starts with the coaching Those players on the field should have known that the game was tied. We're on the roll. We just had a momentum shift. The Raiders just scored a touchdown, by the way, which was extremely questionable. But the Raiders just scored a touchdown to tie this game up. Let's go ahead and run this play. See if we can possibly, because it wasn't even a scenario where we could run this play and still have enough time left for our kicker to run it. So for them to have that happen to them, uh, it, it's just inexcusable. I mean, there's just no way that you can explain that debacle. And from the time, I mean, it's just something that we've never seen before. So when you seen the running back go and dump the ball off to the wide receiver, I don't even think it's registered in real time to any of us what's going on. Like, you, you just... It, it just, man, and then once you've seen him start running backwards and throw that football backwards that far, when that ball was in the air, I mean, man, when you've seen it land in that Raiders defender's hand, who, by the way, is a former Patriot, so I know that couldn't have been nothing but the sweetest... <laughs> uh revenge for him and josh mcdaniels the patriots head coach to see that ball land in his hand and then it looked like a video game from there he just he just i mean that quarterback i mean he just smashed just mushed him into the ground like he was like he was a rag doll and just took off towards the end zone and i mean i think everybody is is wondering as you're seeing this like is this real was that pass legal can this even happen i think at one point a flag was thrown i mean it would just complete chaos but to see that game in like that um and like i said the quarterback was just hilarious i mean i'm pretty sure he wasn't expecting the football so you know he just standing there and lo and behold he looks up and sees the ball in the air and that raiders defender grabs it, chandler jones and i mean chandler jones like i said it it was it wasn't even an effort i mean the way he just he just pushed him over like he was a domino i mean that that was hilarious man and that that i mean you just never know what to expect this this was a crazy fun exciting i mean that's why you love the nfl you never know what to expect but i don't know if we You've had a weekend like that, Benny where we've seen that before, where we've seen the greatest comeback in NFL history and what potentially is going to go down as one of the dumbest plays <laughs> ever <laughs> slash most exciting and, and unbelievable endings in NFL history. So it, it, it was an amazing week.
0: Absolutely. And um and I, and I love the fact that you brought up that it was like a video game because there was one thing that also stood out to me. Um, You ever played Super Mario 64? Yes. Okay. There was a moment where um it was in the Rams-Packers game on Monday where Douglas gets the end interception and the guy's trying to stop him and he grabs him by that like shirt that's underneath his jersey and starts spinning him around and I, I don't know if anybody else thought this but the first that popped in my head was i remember super 64, where like in mario you grab bowser by the tail you spin him around to throw him into the bomb Yes. And i was i the only one thinking that when he was spinning him around by the shirts
1: man i'm telling you i mean it just man i mean you know for people like you say you play these video games, so this stuff is animated you know so the so these graphics and stuff like you said you know you you bump against somebody and knock against somebody you know the, the type of animation it does And I mean that's how it looked like you know if you play Madden I'm even pretty sure like on a wrestling Game you know just the guy you know Makes contact in a way he just kind of fall And topples over Yeah. and I mean that's What it was man it, it just looked like you know A a like a, a, a Like a kid who's in high school playing with his Little brother who's like five years old and they're In the backyard playing and he just he just Pushed this, just most this guy into the ground Man it, it was hilarious
0: oh yes it was Definitely um definitely hilarious And um obviously you know, this is a crazy week of football and uh do you got any um do you got any um predictions you see for uh week sixteen coming up?
1: You know, this is going to be a crazy week and before it escapes me, I do want to say, uh, rest in peace. Uh definitely sending prayers, condolences, uh r- regards uh the Pittsburgh Steelers all time great running back Franco Harris, who is known for oh, his yes. iconic uh immaculate reception catch in nineteen seventy two. Uh, he passed away today at seventy two years old. So obviously for the News, Pittsburgh to the Steelers uh, organization, his fans, his family—you know anybody who is a uh, historian of the game—that's uh, certainly a big blow to the NFL family, and I'm pretty sure he'll uh, definitely be dearly missed. He was definitely one of the all-time great running backs, and kind of guess it goes in line. We've been talking about the all-time greatest comeback in NFL history. We're talking about uh, one of the most unbelievable uh, game-ending plays in NFL history. He certainly is a guy who fits that bill because his immaculate catch reception uh, definitely is already in the history books. Of one of the most, one of the most amazing plays in NFL history as well.
0: Yeah, and they said that his, um, it was like two days before the 50th anniversary of that play was when he passed, which is gotta be, yeah. It's, I mean, I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean, death is tough no matter what, but to like to not be around for that 50th anniversary, I think it's gotta be even tougher. Like it's weird. Like now people are celebrating the play, and he's not like there to be interviewed and stuff. I always think that's kind of, I always think that's even, I would say that's just as sad as the passing away. But yeah, definitely that was that was one that's definitely um although they did they said that he was scheduled to retire his number thirty two jersey during the halftime game between him and the Raiders on on Christmas Eve. So it was so I think that's kind of just like wow. Like I'm sure they're probably still gonna do it, but you know it's I think it's gonna hurt just as much that he's not there to be there for the ceremony.
1: Yeah, absolutely absolutely so that is that and then you know taking a peek ahead like you said uh right now it's all about uh playoff positioning and games so i mean who would have ever imagined that you know uh, in the last three weeks of the season uh that the jaguars and jets tomorrow night would have playoff implications but they certainly do both of those teams need a win to keep their playoff chances alive the jaguars trying to stay one game behind the tennessee titans the jets really clinging to their playoff lives it's going to be uh second year quarterback zach wilson who by the way played his best game of the season. It'll be interesting to see if he can duplicate that. Uh, but that's a big game tomorrow on Thursday Night Football, Vinny. Nobody would have ever imagined that Jaguars and Jets would be relevant this time of year. Uh, you look at the rest of the schedule, the Bengals, uh, they certainly are a team that needs to continue to win. They have a game lead on Baltimore in the division and are trying to stay one game behind Buffalo for potentially the top spot in the AFC, uh, even though the Patriots uh, have really underwhelmed. Their offense is struggling badly. Going out to New England is never an easy thing, uh, as we've seen this past weekend NFL games are not easy to win anything can happen Uh, Buffalo Bills going out to Chicago I think they're a team that definitely needs to make sure uh, that they don't have a letdown Uh, again both the Chiefs and Broncos are one game actually the Chiefs have the same record as the Bills and the Bills have beat them head to head so both of those teams are really Vinny playing serious you know the Bills know if they lose and the Chiefs win the Chiefs control their own destiny Uh, the Chiefs know if they lose and the Bills win that's going to widen the gap even further so Buffalo going out to Chicago Chicago can't afford to let down. The Chiefs have the Seahawks coming in. The Seahawks, another team, fighting for their playoff lives. at 7-7. Seven and seven. Their playoff hopes are realistically alive. So that's another key game there. Uh, the Titans, again, they got the 1-12 Texans coming in. You'd expect them to break that four-game losing streak, but they, again, are in must-win mode now. They'll probably have a little bit of flexibility and know what type of pressure they're facing with the Jaguars playing on Thursday. By the time that game comes around Saturday, they'll know what, uh, what they need to do. They'll basically know hey if we get this win this week and excuse me that is a commercial coming on here all right anyway right mm-hmm. we're not we, we nobody's paying us for commercials right now benny <laughs>
0: no right. not at the moment <laughs> <laughs> But if you want to, please email, at right. got boochcast365 at gmail.com. I will take all calls.
1: There you go. Okay. All right. Um. <laughs> but yes, moving on down, Uh. you look at the Giants and Vikings. Again, the Vikings trying to stay uh behind the Eagles in case they slip up. Giants, desperate for a win to get into the playoffs. Lions and Panthers. I don't think anybody thought those games would be relevant this time of year. We talked about the Panthers, one game behind Tampa Bay in the lost column. If they can end up with the same record as Tampa Bay, they currently have a head-to-head Detroit very much alive at seven and seven in the wild hunt hunting NFC. The Falcons and the Ravens. The Falcons, again, even though they're five and nine, they're one game behind Tampa Bay in the win-loss column. The Ravens at this point, they need to get a couple more wins to get in the playoffs. And it'll be interesting to see if quarterback Lamar Jackson is back on the football field this week after he's missed the last two games with the knee injury. The Commanders and 49ers. Playoff implications in this one, Vinny. 49ers already in. Commanders desperate fighting, still trying to hold on to that last playoff spot in the NFC. Eagles and Cowboys. It's Insurance companies claim they'll be know there what? For you. Well, if that sounds like cheap talk. You know what, Vinny? I think that may be a sign of things to come. So
0: I hope so too.
1: <laughs> right? uh, looking at the Eagles and Cowboys, we talked about uh, both of these teams pretty much had their playoff spots locked up. Eagles need one more win to be the top team in the NFC. Cowboys need one more win to just substantiate their spot in the playoffs, but a lot of bad blood. NFC East rivalry Saturday night, uh, excuse me, uh, Saturday game, going to be a lot of fun. And then you have the Raiders and the Steelers. Mathematically, both of those teams still alive. That's Saturday. That's Christmas Eve. So I mean, man, like I feel like all the women are going to be out shopping and all the men are going to be at home or on their phones or doing something else. But yeah, the NFL, they kind of, they kind of, I don't know. This is devil's advocate. It's like, you know, a lot of guys are probably going to be kind of fighting tooth and nail with their girls about, hey, we need to get this shopping done Thursday or Friday because the games are on on all day Saturday. And so that's going to make it real intriguing. And then we have a triple header on Christmas Day Sunday. Again, Packers, even though it's brief, they still have a shot at the playoffs. The Dolphins desperately need to win right now. They are eight and six tied with the Chargers who have beat them head to head. They are on a slide. Broncos and Rams are out. Buccaneers need to win to stay on top of their division. And then on Monday night, you have the Chargers and Colts. Colts are done. Chargers don't want to fall victim to going out and playing against a tough Indianapolis defense. So I think this is a great lineup this week. Vinny, I mean, we really only talked about maybe about three or four possible games that, you know, have don't have much meaning because those teams' playoff chances are done. But outside of that, man, this this is a serious week of football coming up. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. It's going to be intense and amazing, and I cannot wait to see what's going on. Like, it's like, this is one of the most exciting seasons I've seen in a while. So I'm definitely, definitely excited for this upcoming season. And uh, I mean, so we, yeah, upcoming week, sorry. <laughs> Uh, blah, blah. and uh anyway um lance as always man i'm always grateful for you uh taking time very busy schedule to uh, join us i look forward to talking to next week about uh the updates that are going on but uh real quick where can people find you on social media
1: yeah so on social media if you are on instagram and especially if you live here in atlanta the <laughs> righty boy oh boy oh, not anyone let me get it off you know all right, let me get off of this. Uh, I was I was on the page here for ESPN, looking at the schedule. That's where all these commercials are coming in. Y'all owe us ESPN, okay?
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, but yes, you can find me if you're on Instagram, and especially if you live in Atlanta, because this is where we have our football club. Uh, the handle is UFCATL. That stands for Ultimate Football Club ATL. We will we, excuse me. We will be picking up our live events again after the new year for the NFL playoffs. If you're on Facebook, it's Facebook dot com forward slash nfl exporter the name is lance goodman on twitter the handle is at nfl exporter and then my official home and hub for all my content and work is nfl exporter.com those three social media handles i gave you are also easy to find right on the top of that page at a click of a button in the way that you spell nfl exporter is NFL E X P O R T E R
0: absolutely and uh lance once again man thank you so much for uh being on the show and uh we will definitely talk next week
1: okay thanks a lot benny have a great holiday weekend. Have a great Christmas. Enjoy this huge weekend of sports and I definitely look forward to talking to you about these games next week.
0: Alright man, have a Merry Christmas. Alright, Merry Christmas to you as well. Alright, and make sure you guys follow the Booch Cast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content and make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at the booch cast get the latest tweets photos and videos visit our youtube channel check out all of our youtube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted uh we have our third episode of booch cast Reviews Dark Side of the 90s. TV for Teens is dropping later this afternoon. So make sure you guys go to the YouTube channel. Check it out. It's a hell of a great episode. We got other episodes scheduled all the way up till February 9th. So make sure you go to the Boochcast YouTube channel to check out all of our content. And of course, be on the lookout for Lance and I doing Dark Side of Football coming soon to the Boochcast YouTube channel. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, January the 28th for the WWE royal rumble this is the first stop on the road to wrestlemania we'll be checking out the women's and men's royal rumble matches to find out who will be main eventing nights one and two of wrestlemania 39 and of course we have our live DD show coming soon our Boochcast booking battle and other special treat in the works You can also support the BoochCast by going to anchor.fm slash the BoochCast slash support. Become a supporter of the BoochCast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is $0.99, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. And we have our third level, which is $9.99 $10 $10 per month you have the option of paying with a credit card or with GPay and all the money we raise via donations helps keep the show thriving because we put it all back into the show in some capacity we used to upgrade our equipment we used to bring in bigger name guests pay the bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the booch cast a success So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they deserve to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby! Well I see by the clock on a wall That it's time to bid you One and all Goodbye Goodbye So long So long Farewell Farewell Adieu Adieu Be good Stay well Bye bye Keep warm Relax Adieu Take care Stay loose Adieu Volvia I'll approach and goodbye Till when we meet again